Um, <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Ramp Check Podcast. I'm Tony. I'm Aaron. And I'm Ryan. And the voice you heard at the very beginning of the podcast is our very special guest today. Yes. Uh, I want to say thank you so much to Val Walker for uh, having us here in her home and this really cool office. This is like... <laughs> yeah. this I is wish like, we could show everybody what we're looking at right now. This is like an Av Geek's heaven. Um, but uh, Val, thank you for inviting us over so we can record an episode and, and talk with you for a little while. Well, I'm honored. It's it's my pleasure and I love to hang or fly and these days you guys are kind of rare to come by. Well, awesome. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's good we've got some true. ab geeks in the world still. So. Yeah. Yeah, right? Uh, oh, and I wore, I wore this shirt just for you because... Oh, yeah. Oh, SR71. SR71 stuff, yeah, because I have been here before, um, but it's great, and, you know, thanks for having us back to your home. This is good. It's a first for us. We, If we have a guest live, it's usually in our studio, but doing it on location has been awesome. Yeah, so. this is perfect. Mm -hmm. Well, good. You can go around the room, and if you see something uh, <laughs> interesting you want to ask me about, you can yeah, go right ahead. Definitely. Jeez, so, where do so, we start? So we'll we'll uh, ask Val a bunch of questions here coming <laughs> right. up. But basically, we uh, Val. Uh, is a retired uh, commercial airline pilot, mm -hmm. and correct me if I'm wrong, Val, but you were the first female captain for Western Airlines. Yes. Oh wow! Oh, See, wow. that's that's awesome. That so the history awesome. here is great. Right. Um, Western Airlines. Uh, I remember, and Tony and Ryan do as well. Growing up here in Salt Lake City, all three of us, we loved Western Airlines. It was our mm -hmm. favorite. I mean. Mm -hmm. The classic 737, 727s, yep. even DC-10s. With well, that big W across the fuselage. I remember... Western on the tail. Back in the 80s, of course. That's mm -hmm. when Western Airlines was still flying before right. they merged with Delta. Uh, were they acquired or did they merge? Uh, you... They were acquired. And acquired. the great, great thing about it is mm -hmm. Delta's routes went uh, north and south and uh -huh. Western went east and west. So when we merged, oh, we had much greater coverage. Oh, we yeah. already had our bases set up mm -hmm. and all the equipment we needed. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, they saved our bacon. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's, that's really good. Did. That's, that's, yes. that's yeah. awesome. Well, I remember back in the 80s, I would always make it a point to get out to Salt Lake International Airport right around 11.40 a.m. so I could see the DC-10 or the L-1011 depart for Honolulu. I, I just remember that was that was like a daily thing, like between eleven thirty and yeah. nine. Yeah. And so we always got to see one of those heavies take off. And yeah. It was awesome. I yeah. love. I love seeing it. I, the I Western the DC Delta tens tens and the Delta L ten eleven. That's right. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, pretty pretty <laughs> exciting. So was Western Airlines? They they just had a hub in Salt Lake City. They yes. were not headquartered in Salt Lake, correct? Was were they in? Um, they just had a hub. Okay. No. Okay. Where were they yeah. headquartered? Los Angeles. Okay, that's what I thought. We so. had uh, some hubs in Minneapolis, 
and uh, well, I think that was about about it. In fact, <laughs> yeah. we only went um, halfway across the United States for a long time, mm-hmm. and I flew the inaugural flight into Washington D.C. Oh wow! And the interesting thing was, um, <laughs> we had all of our muckety mucks aboard, <laughs> and <laughs> we were calling uh, Chicago Center as uh-huh. Western Flight. 235, and they would refer to us as West Wind. They oh, thought weird. we were a West Wind oh. airplane. Oh, oh yeah. Negative. I remember this corp- corporate jet. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of a size difference Airlines. there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a 727, and uh, when we were uh, just about to enter air traffic control space for Washington mm-hmm. uh, Dulles, and we called in, uh, they said, Western, we weren't expecting you for another day. I said, would you like us to hold? (laughs) (laughs) No, you can come on in. (laughs) That's when you get dispatch on the line and, yeah, uh, yeah, it's... Checking for an alternate, yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway, that's 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 fun. How, how weird would that be, though? Be on the East Coast, and here's a Western Airlines, right? I mean, it's it, it's fun. I always get a kick out of some of the airlines' names because you know Eastern, Western, but yet they fly all over the place, yeah, right? Yeah. Right. I guess it's more like where they're based or where, where the they started, main hubs right? Are, where oh they yeah, started. exactly, exactly. But um, but yeah. So okay, so maybe let's let's just circle back to. What I always like to ask, what got you into aviation? Were you like born with the aviation bug? Were you, as a as a little girl, were you always like, oh, I want to fly? I mean, where did it all begin for you? Well, you already described it, actually. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> I was five years old, and we were just going from uh, L.A. to San Diego in an, I think it was an old Electra. In fact, mm. I have a picture oh, wow. of it. So cool. And uh, I remember getting in my seat on my knees and we were over the wing Mm -hmm. and I'm looking out at this old radial engine with the oil running out from it and all of these um, houses and cars passing (laughs) underneath us and I thought I want to live here I never want to come down and then they made the mistake of opening the cockpit door when we landed and I could see all those lights and switches and the pilots and I thought this is magic and I have to tell you I was a very shy, shy child, mm-hmm. and I just didn't want to be noticed. But when they opened that cockpit door, and I got to look inside, I kind of planted myself in it, hanging on to both edges. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go. Nice. That's, that's great. So yeah, I I didn't play with dolls. I tried, but um, yeah. <laughs> I'd make little cardboard uh, box airplanes. I mean, it looked like a cardboard box with flaps to anybody. Oh, that's but cool. To yeah. me, it was just a, it was an airplane. <laughs> Sounds like us when we were yep. little. Yeah. Even though, you know, we didn't end up pilots, but uh, we love aviation, every aspect of it. That's yeah. great. Um, so uh, so then from that point, when, when did you really <laughs> realize, hey, I can actually do this for fun and make a living and, you know, from that point? Well, you know, I, I'm a museum piece, so this was way back in the 50s. <laughs> yeah. We love our vintage aircraft here. Yeah, right? We really do, and you know, I, I'm just so ecstatic. Like, I'll, I'm going to let you answer that question, I'm sorry, but we've been speaking to a lot of younger yes. Air Force-type mm-hmm. pilots, and so I was so excited for today, just 
like you just said, Electra, you know, like we we don't usually talk about those kind of airplanes, air, like right. people who have flown on them. Yeah. Have yeah. Flown them. yeah. So this is well, great. So anyway, yeah. I remember going to Salt Lake International and seeing the Electras there. You know, I remember yeah. the old Frontier Airlines Lockheed Electras um, oh flying out of Salt Lake. Yeah. Yeah. Long yeah. time ago. The <laughs> yeah. old, uh, older brother. Well, I am the <laughs> oldest. Yeah. We I am 10 years older than, for yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Soon to be eleven years older, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, him, for him. yeah, but got a birthday coming up. But yeah, anyway, sorry. About anyway, it. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Go go ahead. So, um, were you uh, a teenager when you first started flying? Were yes, you? I was so. 16. How did that go? Okay, sixteen. Well, my parents uh, weren't in any way connected to aviation or or around anybody that was. Mm-hmm. So, I I wanted to dress up in a airline pilot's uniform for Halloween when I was eight. That's so awesome. And that was 1958. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so my parents thought that was really cute. They got me a stewardess. You know, oh, because they thought I wanted to be a stewardess. That's, you're yeah. like, no, I don't want that. Well, I kept telling them, you know, I want to be a pilot. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just thought it was cute because I obviously didn't understand the difference between a pilot and a stewardess. Uh-huh. Uh, until finally my parents divorced and uh, I was in high school and I worked at the phone company mm-hmm. when I wasn't in school to pay for flying lessons. Mm. And... Uh, then they were horrified. My mother thought I was going to die. My dad said, uh, Val, you're being irrational, unreasonable, and unrealistic. It's hard enough for men to do that. Right. And stop spending all of your time at the airport. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. How, how are they going to take that away from that? Well, <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, but yeah, I was going to ask, too. I mean, yeah. being a female, mm-hmm. and so you're a teenager, so it's in the 60s yeah. at this point. And you're wanting to fly airplanes, and yeah. it's like you said, there's that stereotype, oh, no, 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 that's for yeah. men, yeah. you know, so as far, you know, I mean, based on what your father said, you know, but did you run into that, like, oh, yeah. through instructors or people that, you know, maybe people that you would look up to, like, as a mentor and maybe having those dreams kind of squashed a little bit because you're a woman? In the 1960s? Well, I, or... I had uh, both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You find that pilots um, are very grateful for people that helped them out when they were younger and gave them a ride or, or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there was a squadron of T-6s at Van Nuys Airport okay. uh, called the Condor Squadron. Uh-huh. And there were two cool. of us kids. Um, <clears throat> little Eddie, I was 16, I think he was 14, uh, we'd run around, we'd empty their trash cans because they had that, you know, mm-hmm. the squadron there. And I'd paint condors on the sides of their airplanes. Oh, them. cool. And nice. uh, we'd cut the grass and um, then they'd let us come up for rides in the T-6s and let us fly it around oh, a little wow. bit. And uh, they used to hold toilet paper up. We'd slide the cockpit back. And on the weekends, they'd go dogfight. And so little Eddie and I would hold the toilet paper up with two fingers and it would stream out. The guy behind us would fly through it and cut it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is awesome. That's, that's, I've oh seen uh, uh, RC, you know, remote control airplane people, uh-huh. you know, uh, do the dog fights with streamers. Right. That's so funny. Yeah, I never realized so cool. that. It actually could be real, you know, like with a real airplane. Oh, that's yeah. Funny. Yeah, and at the time I was um, also taking flying lessons. I could only take mm-hmm. about... 
two a month because mm -hmm. that's all I could afford. But every night I would uh, take a plunger and sit in a chair, and I oh, let's go go oh, through the cool. same yeah. the same lesson I'd had with the way it felt, the way it sounded, mm -hmm. the G forces, uh -huh. what I did next. So when I got my second lesson of the month, uh, my instructor Bill Burchett said, "Have you been flying with somebody else?" <laughs> and I said, "No, I just hang or fly every night, just you know, and try to." Remember what it mm -hmm. felt like yeah. and what you said. and now, I love that you say hangar fly because when I worked at an FBO, I used to go in the aircraft at night when I worked graveyards, uh -huh. and I would hangar fly the, the aircraft. But <laughs> So now, you said, you said Van Nuys. So you were born in California and raised in California? No, I or? was born in Illinois. Then okay. we ended up in uh, oh. Brownsville, Texas, and then Nevada, and finally okay. in California. So just did a little bit yeah. around. Um, okay, yeah, I was just... Curious about that. Where you from? Where did um, what kind of aircraft did you do your first flight in? Cessna one fifty two. So well, actually, it was a one fifty because it was yeah. before okay. the one fifty two. Okay, all right. Yeah. All, right. Yeah. all right. You know, it's funny they call the T six the pilot maker, but I'll tell you what, the Cessna one fifty two. That is probably I, responsible for more first flights yeah. than any yeah, I, other I, aircraft. I, I, I would be willing to bet. That, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> almost almost anybody probably has time right? in a one fifty two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, right. that's interesting. I'll tell you what, it's crazy. I, I, yeah, that airplane is all over. I have fueled and towed a million one fifty two. It yeah. feels like yeah, right. you know. Um, yeah. But uh, my first flight was actually in a Piper Archer. Oh, and okay. let me go a little bit further. My only flight was in a Piper Archer. So <laughs> anyway, yeah, I I don't have a lot of time. I don't have a lot of flight as far time. as a Piper. Well, as, as far as as, as, as yeah. far as flying, oh, yeah. I've flown He's in, been in a lot. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, I mean, I've flown in everything from you know a Piper Archer being the smallest all the way up to a C five Galaxy. Oh wow! So I've been in a lot of different and and everything in between. You know? Yeah. I mean, I am. 52 yeah. years old, you know, yeah. so I've flown a lot. I've worked for a couple of different airlines. I was military. Wow. And so, yeah, so I got, well, Air Force. Yeah. And so I, and, I had a and, lot of and really neat opportunities. All, all three of us, yeah. and, um, you know, we, we've we all worked in the industry off and on, you know, mostly on the, you know, uh, the ramp side, you know, mm -hmm. doing all the <clears> ramp work, <throat> making mm -hmm. sure that your aircraft is ready to go. Well, exactly. And I can tell you <laughs> yeah. how much I, I was very aware of that. Yeah. And uh, I would habitually, when I'm doing my walk-arounds, I would thank the guys. That's the girls, great. Yeah, because not know. all pilots are like that. That's really good mm -hmm. that you were like well, that. That's cool. I couldn't do it without you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's true. I mean, that, yeah. That's absolutely true. Well, and you um, know, it was a little different on the corporate side sometimes, too. The pilots are sometimes a little different corporate than they are mm -hmm. uh, yeah. commercial. But, a little bit of everybody. But yeah, no, it, it's great. I mean, and that's why earlier when you said West Wind, I cringed a little bit, see, because I'm used <laughs> yeah. to servicing those, oh, yeah. not flying them. Yeah, West but... Winds were not fun to service. <laughs> no. Oh, wow. West yeah. Winds, Beach Jets, the King MU2. Airs. Yeah, MU2s. Oh, oh, yeah. So, my first flight that I took in that Piper, mm -hmm. it was a pilot that, you know, I worked on the ramp, and, um, uh, you know, I can... That, can probably speak for all three of us but when we were actually there and we were actually doing the job we were busting our butts out oh, there yeah. to make oh, sure all the time, we yeah. got everything correct we got it on time we didn't put our tug through the nose of a metro liner <laughs> oh wait that was me um <laughs> that's another but, uh, story yeah that's a whole other story time. but but this pilot was just super nice he's like hey 
do you want to go up one of these days? And I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, I would love to. So we we set a time for when I was getting off work um, that week for me to go up with him. And as a ramper, we get a lot of corporate jets, obviously, that we talk to. And, mm-hmm. and usually they'll get us their leftover catering. Mm-hmm. And so that afternoon yeah. we had a, we had a corporate jet come going. in and the... <laughs> Ham sandwich, croissants, and potato salad, and not thinking, I loaded up on that stuff, and that was right before my first flight oh. in a light plane. <laughs> so, so well, huh? we well, I I didn't I didn't lose my cookies, but when, when we went up, we did uh, uh, Shondell. Is that that? Yes. We did several Shondells. Big mistake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We did a bunch of touch and goes. Uh, I think it was in and out of Tooele's airport. Their little yeah, yeah, uh, uni out there. And then, yeah. then when we got back, I thanked him, and I went into the pilot lounge, and I was so queasy. I slept for almost four hours trying <laughs> oh, to sleep wow. it off. Yeah. <laughs> and so, ladies and gentlemen, that's in a Piper Archer. Yes, that <laughs> so, was my yeah. So so, so the idea of, of like maybe a, a press flight with the Thunderbirds or something sounds oh, amazing, but it's but. also terrifying to me at the same yeah. time because yeah. I would, yeah, I'd probably lose it in the airplane. Yeah. Probably. But, but anyway, That's okay. I just... That's it, what Ryan and I are for, for the actual flying side. Yeah, I'll just, right. I'll just watch. Tony will video, video from the ground. Yeah. I know, I know. And I probably lost some Avgeek points for that story. That's okay. But it's right. anyway. It's, anyway, okay. But it's just great that, yeah. that pilots will, like you said, they'll kind of take you under their wing and they yeah. appreciate the hard work and, and, and you know, emptying waste baskets and... Sweeping the floors, you know, when when you hear your parents say that, it's like, oh, it's just an old cliche. But no, it actually works. It actually yeah, it's does. real. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in your case. Well, in fact, I, I've done it um, when I had my Nanjing a, a couple of years ago. It was hangered at Salt Lake International mm. on the civilian side. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, inevitably, <laughs> I'd be in, in there cleaning the hangar or pre-flighting or working on the airplane. People would drive by, and the hangar door was open. I'm in there, and the man chain's there. And I'd count to three, and the brakes would go on, and they'd back up, and they'd all get out and say, what is that? That is so cool. So I offered to take quite a few people up, and one gentleman was, um, he worked on the ramp. Mm-hmm. Oh, and cool. And he stopped to ask me what it was, and he told me he was, he wished he could fly, but he was terrified of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just had my annual inspection done, so I had to take it up for a test flight yeah. around the airport. Right. And I said, uh, you know, I found facing your fears is the way through them, if you're interested. I said, I just have to do a couple of touch and goes in this. If, mm-hmm. if you'd like to, I'll take you with me. So wow. Please he, tell me he went. He went. <laughs> okay, good. He went. And... A few weeks later, he left a message, and he said, I just want to thank you. I've enjoyed that so much. I've started taking flying lessons. Oh, wow. That's, that's so yeah. cool. That's great, yeah. yeah. That's, it makes you feel good. Yeah. yeah. You, you pay it forward, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Nice. And, and so as you're talking about that, we're looking at the picture of your aircraft right there. That's that's Where was yeah, that well, taken? That was Salt Lake. That was in Salt yep, Lake. On okay. the yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to take a couple photos while we're here and yeah. Yeah. Sure. post and yeah. show and people. Post them when, on our when social we, media. Yeah, yeah, when we do that. Um, um, okay, well, 
awesome. Let, let's. What aircraft? Or uh, how old were you? What aircraft did you solo in? I was sixteen. Uh, Cessna one fifty. Okay, one fifty. All right, okay. awesome. Um, when you solo the first time and mm-hmm. you're by yourself, mm-hmm. at first you get this panicked feeling of. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! It's only me, and if I screw up, it's only me. <laughs> yeah, and then you yeah. think, well, if I screw up, I'll go the way I want it to go. Yeah, <laughs> and right. You start enjoying it. Yeah, and, you know. That's but so it, cool. it's an odd feeling, and it mm-hmm. at the same time, it's kind of euphoric. Mm-hmm. I mean, fear and euphoria. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. And uh, there's not another time you'll ever feel like that. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Um, so, what what's scarier, soloing your first time or your first check ride? First check ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's um, well. Let's let's get let's start right from there again. So, from from your flight training forward, um, did you have a, a certain job you you did to uh, gain time? Did you jump right yeah, in and there, get? Yeah, because there wasn't like. Um, uh, feeder airlines back then. No, right, no. exactly. So that's where I was going yeah, with that. Yeah, like, how did you right. build your time? Did you get a job right away with a different company, or how did you get instruct or exactly? Anything like that? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of all of the above. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, I wanted to fly, and I was, like I said, working as an information operator at sixteen and going to <laughs> going to uh, school and. Then at night, uh, when I got out of the phone company thing late at night, I'd buy some donuts and take them up to the tower and just talk with the tower guys. Oh, really? <laughs> and uh, so one day I thought, you know, I I want to fly. This is not getting me flying. <laughs> yeah. And right. so I was looking up uh, Whitehurst aerial surveys for somebody. And I thought, well, gee, I wonder. And here I'm 16. Mm-hmm. And I called him and I said, is there any way, you know, I'm a pilot can I fly for you and he said well I can't pay you for that because you're not commercial pilot yet but I can pay you as a secretary I got $50 a week you know enough to get gas back and forth and I would go up with him and he taught me how to fly the grids for photography and then I got my commercial and my um, instructor rating and uh, the people I was teaching were older than I was because that I was 19 then I, I mm-hmm. think. And uh, I worked as a commercial artist, and I taught out of Santa Monica Airport. I freelanced, and then hmm. I ended up um, getting hired by Plane and Pilot Magazine as an assistant to their art director. Oh, that's they, cool! Again, oh, I'm wow. 19 now, and we wow. had an art director, and we had. Um, the editor Bob said, "Yeah, it was a little, a little building, you know." Mm-hmm. But uh, what happened was our publisher was used to keeping people at a really low salary for about two years, and then getting them assistance, and then firing them, and having the lower-paid assistant take over. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and I kind of watched this. Uh, yeah. And they didn't last longer than two years, and. What uh, the publisher would do is he'd wait till Friday uh, to fire them because Thursday night we shipped the magazine, you know. Oh, <laughs> yes. What a snake! I know. You know right? So I'm, I'm listening. I'm in my little room next to my art director's room, and I'm listening on Friday morning to the art director begging him 
please, Don, you know, you can cut my pay. Just please, Don, don't fire me. And so this is when I found out what Don did because he fired the art director and he made me the art director, but I didn't get an assistant. And Don, or um, the art director was making 3000 a month. I was making $800. Hmm. And uh, <laughs> I didn't get a pay raise. But I thought, well, you know, I'm getting to work with aviation and right. I'm teaching, you know, on yeah. the side. And yeah. um, <laughs> so a few months later, the editor, Bob, said, we called him, he'd sign all of the uh, articles off with a BS. <laughs> and it was kind of like him. <laughs> but uh, neither Bob nor the. Um, art director were coming in to work anymore because I was taking over and and doing what had to be done because they weren't mm-hmm. there and I was shipping the magazine. I learned to set type by myself and write captions. Jeez. And the publisher came in one night at ten when I was shipping the magazine. He said, Well where's you know, where's Bob? Where's Don? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh this happened a couple of times, and they'd come in for maybe an hour a day, and some days not, because they knew I'd, I'd do what had to be done. Jeez, jeez. So, advantage of you. <laughs> yeah, well, and I kind of knew it, but I thought, okay, you know, I'm... You were getting what? Yeah. It's actually, you yeah. You were setting it up well for you. Yes. yes. I didn't know it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Know right. it. I, was, I had no I mean, I'm 19, what do I know? And uh, I was getting my artwork published. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so Bob said, um, did an article, he was the editor, on what to do if you lost an engine in a twin-engine airplane. And he got it opposite of what you should do. Oh, no. You know, it should be dead foot, dead engine. <laughs> no. All the way through the article. And it got published. Oh. And we got a lot of flack, which we should have. Right. And uh, yeah. so he, he printed a retraction. And he did the same thing. So oh he got fired. <laughs> That's you're going to kill people. Oh, you know? my goodness. Yeah. So now I get to be both the uh, art director and <laughs> the editor and write articles because the publisher had asked me to write one that nobody else wanted to write on before this. Mm-hmm. It was on the uh, TSA or the terminal, TCA, Terminal Control Areas. Nobody understood mm. it. Right. And I went around and I interviewed everybody, and they understood their little piece of the pie, but they couldn't put it all together. Right. So, um, yeah, I ended up working another four years for them. And Hopefully you got a raise. A hundred dollars. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's it? Yeah, because Bob crazy. was making like 4000 a month. Oh. For wearing like five hats. You <laughs> yes. Got 100. Yeah. Wow. And so after about another four years... Don started hiring assistants for me, and I thought, oh, good, I'm yeah, so tired. Finally, I'm, I'm going to be fired. I'm, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was working seven days a week, almost 10 hours a day. Wow. And But I was getting my multi-engine rating by doing an article on it. I got to fly mm-hmm. T-38s and T-37s wow. with the Air Force oh, that's so cool. by doing articles on it. The B-17 by doing articles on it. And I would bargain with Don because he just wanted to do articles for advertisers, Seth Snowpiper and Beach. And I was so bored. I said, they moved the ashtray. Yeah. You know, I'm going to... Right, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Now it's so true. (laughs) Yeah. So I uh, had gotten my first vacation. Uh, He let me have a vacation for two weeks, and I went to Africa 
to Botswana because I had a friend that knew um, the Selby Game Lodges in the Selbys, and they needed a pilot to fly um, supplies in and out of Johannesburg and to fly people around in a DC-3 and, mm-hmm. and smaller airplanes. Mm-hmm. And I'd gotten my DC-3 type rating. I won't go into it, but it was another <laughs> trade thing, mm-hmm. you know. That's awesome. And wow. uh, so I went to meet the Selbys. Their son had been the bush pilot that was flying a Cessna around, and he ran into a marabou stork, which is about as big as a Cessna. Oh, and neither one of gosh. them made it, so. Oh, jeez. Oh, yep, so when Don called me, you know, on Friday, I was I was ready for it. I had the magazine all shipped, and it's Don, and he says, Val, I said, yes, Don. He said, I'm afraid I have some bad news for you, and I said, Okay. He says, I'm afraid I'm going to have to let you go. And I said, oh, Jesus Christ, thank you. Thank you. I'm so tired of this. And he says, well, well, if you'll take a pay cut from 900 a month, you know, or maybe you could freelance some articles for me. Oh, and geez. I said, no, Don, I'm the one that has to come into your office um, every month and beg you to pay your freelance yeah, writers. Yeah, yeah. And oh, you goodness. don't. And I said, you know, I need a rest. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only 23 years old, but I need a rest. Right. And uh, That's so, so interesting. I went to Botswana and flew for the Selbys for about nine months mm-hmm. and lived in a Cry uh, River Lodge. And it's hundreds of miles from anywhere, but. That is so cool, though. Yeah. And flying oh, the DC3s. Yes. The DC3. Wow. So I got that DC3 is cool. time. It's yeah. one of my favorite sounds, one of those. Everything. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I love that sound. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's even a model <laughs> yep. of a C forty seven, right? Nice. Which is the DC three, the, well, the military. That's what I was right? actually flying. In. Oh yeah, yeah. was that? Huh? Wow. Yeah. And then of course B seventeen yeah. T thirty eight. Oh yeah, it's, that's it's, the artificial horizon uh, from China that I took out of the Nan chain because uh-huh. it's. Backwards and upside down. Oh my gosh, that's funny. <laughs> you know, but wait, China's north of the equator. Yeah, but don't, did you ever watch just, Looney Tunes? You yeah. dig straight through, yeah. and yeah, everything's right. opposite. <laughs> so it makes sense. Yeah. So that that shelf right there is basically from that that time frame you just told us about, right? Yes. Working for yeah. that yeah. Uh, okay. magazine. Yeah, that's neat. That's yeah. very neat. Yeah. yeah. I changed out the Chinese one because I was going to be doing aerobatics, and I didn't really have any. Uh, navigation instruments. It was mm-hmm. very basic. Yeah. And when you spent your whole life looking at this and having it register as the sky is blue and, yeah. and the ground oh, is really? blue. That, that yeah. could totally mess you, you up. You know, especially if you're trying to get out of something you got yourself into that you didn't right? want to. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that would be very confusing. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, it, it, all of the panels and everything were in Chinese. Jeez. It turned, yeah. And I changed the uh, airspeed indicator, too, because it didn't have knots or... Oh, yeah. We call it one potato, two potatoes. <laughs> Simple, right? Yeah, so I went from the very complex world of the uh, 767s and, you know, fly-by-wire to the very, very basic. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. in China, they have five mechanics per airplane. Really? And, oh, my uh, gosh. I'd be my own mechanic as well. Really? And just to get it started... There's six turns of the prop you have to do, but not all at once. Mm-hmm. You climb up in the cockpit and you prime it. Then you jump down and you run around the wing and you pull it through once. And then you run around and you get back in the airplane and you prime it. And you have to do this oh my six gosh. times. Oh my wow. It's like a workout. Well, then it's pneumatics. Even uh, 
it doesn't have any hydraulics in it. Mm, just everything's pneumatics. Everything, wow. yeah. So if it doesn't start the first time and you lose your air pressure, you have to unbuckle, get out, unlock your hanger, go in, drag this big air bottle out, oh and then start goodness. it all over again. Wow. So, <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. And that and the Nanchang was after your airline airline oh, yes. career, right? Okay. okay. So I went from the very complex back to the very, very basics. Yeah. Right. You know. Wow. That and was Western Airlines your very first like major airline job? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. So Western yeah. was the first and and um and how much how much time had gone or actually other experiences between your time in was it Botswana you said? Yes. Okay. So there to when you started, when you came back, what did you do after that? Six months. I decided that I, okay. I had enough time mm-hmm. and I didn't want to live there forever on three rand a flight hour. And uh, I came back and it was interesting because I, I realized, oh my gosh, you know, I am here and I don't have a job. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to eat. <laughs> yeah. And the morning I woke up with that feeling, mm-hmm. I got a phone call from... Air Progress magazine, and they said, we've hired uh, a writer from New York that we're going to make editor, but he doesn't know how to do, put a magazine together, and you have a very good reputation. We've heard you can do it all. Hmm. Would you like to come in as, you know, the assistant um, editor and art director and all that? And I said, sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. So I worked there about six months, and it was interesting because... Um, the publishers there, Challenge Publications, they put out several magazines, a golf magazine, and and then they had a porn magazine, and then they had oh, Air Progress. <laughs> and we had to, uh, we had this big light table that you would throw negatives on, and we were all using it at the same time. And there oh were these gosh. two really oh my gosh. greasy, sleazy-looking guys that ran that aspect. I'm oh, sure. I'm sure. And... You know, I, I'm trying to find my photos, and they're in negatives, and I, I looked at this one thing. I can't identify what the heck it is. So, <laughs> oh, that's oh never God. a good sign. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and they that's once, hilarious. So, yeah, they once told me, you love airplanes so much, I'm surprised you don't fly to work in it. And I said, I'm surprised you don't come to work naked. Yeah, right. <laughs> Wow. So I got rescued by that because they're from that. Oh, my goodness. Um, because... Uh, Clay Lacey, who of course is oh yeah, Clay Lacey, yeah, you know he's he's a legend. Mm -hmm. And I went out and covered the Reno air races with him, and I'd stand out by the pylons when the big boars would come over twenty feet ahead of you. Oh man, that's so cool. Yeah, (laughs) feel the blast, and uh, so I did a lot of stories on him Mm. as well. Mm. And his crew chief called me one day, and he said, Western Airlines is looking for their first female airline pilot. And they don't want her to be a women's liver to create problems, but mm. they they want her to have more time and more qualifications mm-hmm. than uh, a man, so the guys can't come back and say, you know, you're right. discriminating. <laughs> what right. year was this? What year was this? Uh, 1975. Okay. okay. I just yeah. want to see when that was. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, late 1975. Okay. And uh, they said, you come highly recommended, and we know a... Uh, line check airman, a check pilot that knows the chief pilot, and he can get you an interview, which you don't get interviews. I mean, wow, uh, guys are 
crawling under the stalls almost in the men's room trying to... <laughs> Right. Right. And I said, well, yeah, you know, I'd be interested, but actually I didn't want to get my hopes up. Right. Um, So I thought, well, you know, nothing's going to come of it. And I talked to the uh, line check airman and he said he could get me an interview. And I thought, well, they're probably just going to interview me and say, okay, we tried, you know. Yeah. Just to check a box. Right. Right. Exactly. And, uh, the line check airman called me back. Could you close those doors? <laughs> yeah, I know. By the way, that's uh, Val's dog, Boo, guarding yeah. the property yeah, around 135 us. 135-pound yeah. Akita. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. You can even close the big doors if oh, you want. Oh, okay. wants yeah. to say hello. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. But uh, the, chief, the line check airman called me back and said, if you want to interview, you better get your butt down here right now. And I said, yes, sir. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah. So I went and interviewed with uh, Bob Newell, and uh, we had a great time talking about. He took my resume, and we were talking about he'd flown P fifty one. I'd flown a short time the P fifty one, and we just kind of hanger flew. And I told him, you know, what I'd done and my qualifications, and left it with him. And um, <laughs> I, I said when I left. Captain Newell, I know you can't tell me if I'm hired or not, but can, can you tell me if my chances are non-existent, mm-hmm. good, or what, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And he looked at me, and he kind of did the hand waggle thing, and he says, oh, good. And I thought, what does that mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. <Jeez. laughs> Probably more confused now. Jeez. Yeah. So, uh, again, I told myself, okay, you're never going to hear from him again. And... Uh, he called me back and he said, I read your resume and all of these things you did. And at your age, I can't believe you really did them, but you did. Yeah. And I said, yeah. well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so neat to hear that. So you were the first female pilot hired by Western Airlines. Yes. Wow. Actually, there were uh, two crazy. of us hired in the same class and uh, they, they couldn't really decide. Mm-hmm. So they decided to hire us both. So I, I like to refer wow. to us as both. Yeah. first mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah. still so interesting though yeah. and this was you said 1975 yep wow it's so interesting that 1975 like yeah there weren't any female commercial no. there were like pilots. 10 of us in the free world like i'm mm-hmm. i'm blown away and I'm, yeah. i mean i was an 80s kid i was born in 1980s so i wasn't that's a long yeah a long gap, <laughs> well man. i wasn't really alive during that time yeah. because pretty much since i've been old enough and aware enough about, you know, uh, women in aviation, like I've, I've seen them in aviation. Well, yeah. So I, I don't think anything, of it. don't think anything of it. But if that were to exist now, I'd be like, holy cow, because I just think it's, it's so interesting to uh, hear that, you know, I, it's almost like I've got chills a little bit. It's really cool to talk to you because, because of that, because you really kind of paved the way for a lot of, there were probably a lot of women growing up wanting to be a pilot that were maybe discouraged and then things like this they hear about something like this and it paves the way for them so i just think that's so awesome it's yeah. so interesting yeah thank Good you point. and it's um you know we've we've been told that and it is truly an honor yeah um because and i find that the way you respond to people has a lot to do with the way they respond to you back oh, because definitely. when True. We, we were hired um the um, 
personnel director before I was hired asked me, they said, you know that the uh, pilots are saying they're not going to fly with any GD female pilot. Oh, and I said, yes, sir, I know that. I have, I have a friend, Captain Likens, and I know that. And he said, well, what are you going to do if you're in the uh, engineer seat on a 727 and the captain turns around and starts using foul language and cussing you out and saying you're screwing everything up? He said, well, first thing I'm going to do is look at my panel and see if I'm screwing everything up. <laughs> yeah, right. You know? Right. Yeah. And I said, uh, and the next thing I'm going to do, I'm going to let him yell at me all he wants and I'll smile at him. And after a while, I've found pilots are fairly decent people, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's going to start feeling kind of stupid. Yeah, <laughs> right. True. And I said, because, look, pilots don't like the unknown. They don't mm -hmm. like right. unknown, you know, factors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I am an unknown factor that flies in the face of everything they ever thought was my role as mm -hmm. female. Mm -hmm. And uh, pilots are very macho, mm -hmm. and flying airplanes is a, a big part of proving that they are indeed men. Right, right. And uh, when I do it, some of them might think, well, geez, if she can do it, I'm, I'm lesser. I'm not as right. good as I thought I was. You know? Right, right. And I said, so it's my responsibility, not theirs, to keep the cockpit working. Mm -hmm. And to do that, I have to be patient. I have to have a sense of humor. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I, I have to not take it personally because it isn't personal. They don't know me mm -hmm. personally. They don't know my history. They don't know what kind of pilot I am. Mm -hmm. It's the concept that they object to. So, so uh, that was an interesting time. Did you find that you were accepted fairly quickly or did it kind of take some time or was it kind of <laughs> yeah, half and half? You know, they were afraid of us. Mm -hmm. Well, for one thing, I'm a foot taller than most of them because yeah, yeah. most <laughs> right. of them came from the military and yeah. you, you had to be short to be a fighter pilot. You right, know? right. And I was fairly attractive then and young and they really didn't know how to react. And yeah. of course, they'd try to gross me out and they'd, yeah. uh, you know, try to get under my skin and I found it kind of amusing, so I'd give it back to them, but... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's hilarious. And, uh, so they're standing around the group when I, I come in, and they, I've just been hired. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're obviously talking about me. And one, one pilot looks up, and he grabs me and drags me over and says, Hey, you're our first female pilot. And I said, Yes, sir. And he says, I'd like to introduce you to so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. And I'm shaking their hands, you know, and hey, thank you. Mm -hmm. And there is this one lantern-jawed pilot leaning up against a post, glaring at me with his arms crossed, just shooting daggers. And sure enough, the pilot that was introducing me looks over and he sees Harley. That was yeah. his name, Harley. Harley wasn't known for being too bright, I found out later. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the pilot gives me this grin, and I know what he's going to do. I'm thinking, please don't, please don't. Sure enough, he goes over and he grabs Harlan, and he drags him over to me, and he says, Harlan? I want you to meet Valerie, our first female pilot. And Harlan, again, he hasn't uncrossed his arms, and he's just, you know, glaring at me. And he says, I just want you to know I don't like women pilots. And I said, Harlan, I just want you to know there are some women pilots I can't stand either. <laughs> and he didn't know what to do, so he got a little flustered, and I said, well, maybe I'll make an exception, and you're, you know. Yeah. So every time I'd fly with uh, a crew, They'd be besieged when they came back. Well, how is she? What is she? 
Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, she's okay. She's one of the guys. Yeah. She's, she's okay. And I said, well, you're just suffering from Stockholm Syndrome. She's <laughs> just so happy I didn't kill you. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So it's, it's been fun, and I'm so grateful that I was in the forefront, in the vanguard, mm-hmm. yeah. because right. I'd see flight attendants turn around, they'd see me in the cockpit, and you'd see their expression change. And it was like a light bulb coming on. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to be doing this. I'm yeah. going to be doing yeah, that. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, and you know, there well, and was... that's part of what Ryan was saying, paving the way. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and working the ramp for as many years as I did, it was not a rare coincidence to see an all-female flight crew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was not rare. Like, yeah, it wasn't, you know, and it wasn't anything like, oh, my goodness, look, it's all... Oh, it's, it's all pretty. Pretty. Like, it was... Yeah. It just kind of became normal so that's very cool that you know you were there in the beginning well i thought it would take a year and then i'd just be you know another pilot no Mm -hmm. it went on for decades Mm. wow and uh i'd open the cockpit door and inevitably i'd have you know to say goodbye or hello Mm -hmm. yeah and i i'd inevitably have some passenger come up and look up and see me and go, oh, my God, a female pilot. So I throw my hands up and I go, oh, my God, where? (laughs) Where? Yeah, really? So I I have had a blast. I've had a lot of fun with this. And you just, you take the job seriously, but you do not take yourself seriously Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or others because it's generally just a spontaneous reaction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of fun with my rampies. We got to know each other quite well. Yeah. And, uh, in fact, I had a fan club in Portland, and I was doing this nightly flight in, like you get in at 1 a.m. and you sit around for four hours and then you yeah, go back. Yeah, yeah. And, uh... Those were quick turns yes. back in the day. Yeah, four back, hours. <laughs> before, before the days of Southwest Airlines, exactly. <laughs> yeah. They're 18-minute turns. <sighs> and, uh, so they'd always come out to watch when I came in and did my pre-flight, and, uh... I would have to call in because I was a second officer then on a mm-hmm. 737, you know. And I called the ramp. And one night, they sang me a song they had made for me. Oh, really? <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> and so I made one for them back. Mm-hmm. And they played it with the guitar on the every time I'd come in. Oh, that's funny. And uh, so I, I made them a song. Portland gang, you know that it's true. I'm coming in shortly on 68. 32. The weather in Portland is foggy and damp, but it's worth it to get to the Portland ramp, the Portland oh. gang. So after that, they, nice. they wrote me, a, they had a fan club, mm-hmm. and they named each one as, you know, mm-hmm. president, vice president, etc. And I do cartoons, so I did caricature cartoons of all of them. Oh, and they wow. hang it up on the wall, and then they, st- <laughs> the pilots called it their altar to Val, because they, they put uh, plants and things on it and the pictures and the poems and oh, all geez. of that. Oh, that is cool. So, yeah, it was a really fun time in aviation. And Western was small enough to where everybody knew everybody. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as formal. Mm-hmm. And we could just have fun. The good old days. Yeah. yeah. I worked um, in the... Late 80s, early 90s, I worked for Morris Air oh, yeah. in Salt Lake, and it yeah. was small enough that it had that family feel. Yeah. You know, and then, of course, Southwest acquired Morris. and That was they... actually uh, late 90s because I had started working at the ramp when Morris Air 
had just sold the Southwest, I think. So I'm trying anyway, to think it, was, it, it had to mid nineties, mid to late, mid to late nineties, mid to late nineties, yeah. yeah. But um, but just that feel. And I felt it for a while with Southwest, but then yeah. as Southwest just exploded, yeah. you know, yeah. growth, you, you kind of lose that. So mm. I, I miss that feeling. Oh, it, you definitely do. It was do. a neat, neat feeling. And, and everybody was, I don't know if the right word is naive about, well, I, maybe, maybe innocent might be a better innocent. word yeah. because nobody had thought that the unthinkable could happen with 9-11. And so it was a whole different world prior to 9-11 than it was, yeah. than it is afterwards. Yeah. So. It's, it's not the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friends that still fly there say, well, and there's much less of them now since COVID. Yeah. But yeah. I remember when we knew the golden age of the airlines was over. Mm-hmm. It was when, um, oh, what was that airline name? Started with a B. Braniff. Braniff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was in... Um, Las Vegas, down in the uh, lounge there, and mm-hmm. it was on TV. We were all saying, oh, they won't let Braniff go under. I mean, you know, the nation needs the airlines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it went under. Mm-hmm. And they had it on the news. And I remember thinking, that's the end of the golden of age. the golden age. Mm-hmm. And it got vicious after that with, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. the airlines and the deregulation. And, yeah, it, it it's a struggle for everybody yeah. just trying to stay alive. Yeah, yeah. yeah There's uh, um, it's interesting you would bring up Braniff because like maybe a month or two ago, I just watched a really good documentary on YouTube about Braniff Airlines yeah. from the beginning to the end. Hmm. So, so if you guys are on YouTube, just search Braniff Airlines. It has a really good story. Just and it's it's interesting because you're right about how things changed. You know you. The the deregulation, the really stiff competition, you know, everybody wants to start an airline now. And, yeah. and so, yeah, it was it was an interesting time. Well, so. the majors were just trying to bleed each other out first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it didn't, was it American that basically declared war on Braniff because they were also in Dallas? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Braniff said, we're either going to be the biggest airline or we're not gonna, going right. to exist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I remember deadheading on Braniff in a seven twenty seven and they were hiring pilots so fast with so few flight hours that Uh-oh. it was it was interesting. Uh we're coming in to where was it? I think it was Miami. And I could tell by the sink rate I'm in uniform and I'm sitting back in the tail end of the seven two seven and where you fill everything. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I remember looking out and I'm thinking he's not going to flare and I kind of grabbed the handles set straight up and man we hit so hard it knocked the oxygen mask down and bounced a little bit and everybody screamed and then as we're taxiing in it was just dead quiet and the pilot comes over and says take that earth oh my goodness Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh, um, that's too funny. Um, can I mention one more thing about yeah, Braniff? Yeah, or, go, or go you... ahead. No, no, go ahead, and then I'll, I'll, I've got another question. So I remember, this was in the late 70s, that they were kind of during the supersonic race, where they wanted to, the the Concorde flew, they called it a whistle-stop tour across the yes. United States. Yeah. Um, 
And I know Braniff was pushing pushing really hard for that because Braniff wanted to purchase and fly the Concorde domestically. And I got to see one uh, land in Salt Lake City in the late 70s. Uh, and That's cool. Yeah, so... Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of too bad that Braniff went away because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, although the Concorde is a beautiful plane, and to see it in that ugly orange might have been a little bit. <laughs> well, they they, got, they had a handful of different colors they did, with Braniff, yeah, but they maybe did. they would have put a good yeah. color. Well, I remember seeing yeah. a Concorde painted in Pepsi colors. Yeah. Do you remember oh, yeah. that? Uh huh. Pepsi. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that would have been cool to see somebody domestically operate the Concorde. And I yeah. think if it would have happened, Braniff was the one to do it. Yeah. So. Well, the interesting thing about the Concorde, because they were parked um, in the same terminal as we were in Washington, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I got to go over and climb up in it and look around, and of course, they don't get to see anything when they're actually up there, because oh, yeah. they pull the heat shield down. It is tiny. They call mm -hmm. it the cave. Really? And I was talking to the pilot, saying, man, you know, this must really be great. You must be making how much do they pay you? And they said... We get there so fast, we earn less. Than oh, that makes sense. Oh, yeah. yeah. That does make so sense. So we're all junior. <laughs> That's funny. You wouldn't even think that. You would yeah. think that it would be the oh, most yeah. senior. Prestigious. Yeah, absolutely. High, highly paid. No, they did it by flight that. hours. And they weren't real happy about it. So basically the Concorde ended up being like a regional jet. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. junior pilots, they're not getting a lot of flight hours. Exactly. Yeah. That's so That's hilarious. Wow. Um, okay, so I want to, uh, we're probably getting close to ending here, but I wanted to get into some of the, or all the aircraft you flew in the airlines. I'm glad you asked that. That's one yeah, my question. Yeah, because I know there's a huge variety and different variants of, of, of some of the aircraft. Like the 737s. And, 767s. Yeah, there you go. So so basically, you were uh, you flew all Boeings in the airlines, right? Yes, and all uh, seats. Okay, all seats, because mm -hmm. a lot of our young listeners don't realize that there's a captain, uh, first officer, and then... And flight engineer. Yep, yeah, and yeah. then the flight engineer who mm -hmm. sat behind them on a panel with all kinds of gauges and switches facing and the other way facing yep. yeah <laughs> facing exactly the right way. that like that's how the uh that's how airliners were originally yep. mm -hmm. is yep. you had three people in the cockpit at a time mm -hmm. so so the uh 727 um and and you were in all positions in the 727 right the, yes sir i started out in the 737 is okay the 737 they, they called a gib Okay. Or a guy in back or a girl in back, and okay. it was basically a fold down seat. We did all the um, go get it, go to, you know, okay. the, the dirty work and the paperwork that mm -hmm. the pilots didn't want to do. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, I was in that for six months after I was hired, and then a bid came out where I could go to flight engineer hmm. um, on a 727, and all of my classmates were saying, Don't do it. You're on probation if, if you mess it up. You can get fired. I said, if I mess it up that bad, I ought to be fired. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah I know. Yeah. And uh, so I took the bid. So I was our first flight engine, female flight engineer. Okay. And flew that for a while. And then I moved up to uh, the first officer in the 727, which is probably the best place to be because all you have to do is fly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, <laughs> right. You know. <laughs> and uh, then I moved up to... Uh, First officer in the 737, and then captain in the 37, and then captain in the 
27. Okay. And uh, then I started looking at the 767. Mm. And at this time, a lot of older pilots couldn't um, adapt to flying an automatic airplane and fly-by-wire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, computers. glass cockpit yeah. and those type of things. And the 757 and 67 kind of introduced that for yes. Boeing. Right. Yes. You know. isn't, that, isn't that ironic that at that time, pilots who are used to, you know, hand, hand flying. flying the aircraft yeah. all the time. I mean, autopilot back then was a little oh. different than the autopilot yeah. right now. You can either go straight and level or, <laughs> yeah. exactly. you know, or, or not. Exactly. <laughs> so it's interesting that they had a struggle adapting to that. And then now, currently, fast forward to, you know, 2018, 2019, when you have the Boeing 737 MAX issues where airmanship, or I should say the lack of airmanship, yeah. seems to be just adding up more and more to the cause of these of these incidents. Absolutely. It's, yeah. it's interesting how yeah. it's kind of history's kind of repeated itself, but in reverse. Yeah. Oh, in man. that aspect. So no. we were we were afraid of it and I was uh, of course I always jumped in first. Yeah. And uh, I kind of resented the idea of flying an airplane that wasn't connected physically and had field right. systems mm-hmm. only. And mm-hmm. because I would put my airplane on, I would wear it, right. and I could feel right. uh, when to flare, where this was, what it needed, what it didn't, and it was part of me, but they interjected what I considered an idiot savant between me and my airplane <laughs> that I had to say, mother, may I to, yeah. you know, yeah. and yeah. we found a lot of that was... Um, if you wanted to turn to a heading or climb or descend, you had to poke a bunch of buttons telling it what to do. And if it didn't like the way you poked it, it would say, no. Yeah. <laughs> do it a yeah. different way. What oh, different way? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And wow. actually, the pilots knew that when we went through training. And uh, they wanted us to keep the airplane on autopilot from the time we reached 1,000 feet right at takeoff to right before landing. Mm-hmm. And we said, you know, this is not going to work in the real world because we're going to start having near misses and, you know, busting altitudes and Mm -hmm. all of this. So we'll we'll do it the way they want in the simulator. When we get out in the real world, we'll hand fly it where it needs to be hand flown Mm -hmm. because they did start having a lot of people turn in the wrong direction, busting altitudes, mm-hmm. when all you had to do is grab the yoke and go, Ert, rather, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah, So a few years later, they came to that conclusion, they being the manufacturers in the airlines, maybe we should let the pilots fly the airplane a little bit more. Right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Probably That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. <laughs> um, so, so you went from uh, being a <clears throat> captain in, what did you say, the 737? Um, to... That yeah. was your first no. captain, right? Was the 37? Yeah. Okay. yeah. In the 37. And then <clears throat> I went to uh, the first officer in... No. Uh, yeah. No, <laughs> That's I, no, I'm confused. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I basically worked my way up through uh, 737 Gibb, 727 Engineer, 737 First Officer... Um, 737 captain, 727 first officer and captain. And we called the 727 um, 
the Jurassic jet because it was so basic. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we called the regular gauges steam gauges. Mm-hmm. So I went from the very primitive to a 767, wow. which didn't have um, a flight engineer by then. They, yeah, they right worked on. it into, okay, you know, it'll do it itself unless you have an emergency, then you have to be everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I flew that for a while, and that was nice. Uh, co-pilot in the 67, and uh, then I went to co-pilot in the, well, no, we were dual trained, so it was 67 and the 57. Right, right, right. And then eventually I went to uh, captain in the 67 and 57, and I retired off captain in the 67, 57, and as you said, Aaron, there are different versions, the 200, 300, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. extended range, 67 ER, Mm-hmm. That's the one that uh, we had a pelican fly in the engine that lift off and blow oh, it up. Oh, no. away. Yeah. Wow, wow. A pelican. <laughs> Man, that, that, that was a stinky bird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it smelled like fish. <laughs> oh, and these are all models you have up in your office, yeah, by the way. Yeah, so, we'll take some photos. Yeah, and... these are all the aircraft you've flown commercially, so, correct? Okay, so hold on. You said you could smell the pelican. It smelled like fish. Is that because just the pneumatics coming off of the engine into the <laughs> well, aircraft? Is that that's the way we pressurize? Is right. we take in yeah. air through the engines oh, and yeah. oh, ride it wow. out and pump, pump it back? <laughs> yeah. Since the one thing they didn't uh, simulate in a simulator is all the rattling and clanking as you're trying to shut the engine down, mm. and of course you're also trying to level out at two thousand feet mm-hmm. and call an emergency and. And mm-hmm. flight attendants, you don't ever hear the ding, 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 ding. And you yeah. try to right. write a checklist, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, where you have to triage. You go, okay, I'm still right side up. Mm-hmm. What's yeah. going on? Yeah. And you think, Hopefully you didn't follow that plan and pilot article about engine out. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I was pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. I was pretty sure. Yeah. That's oh, awesome. man. Oh. Was that... Um, I, I mean, over your career, I'm sure you've had some emergency situations. Oh, yeah. Is is there one that sticks out? Is that the one, the Pelican one? Or is there something else that that maybe you had to deal with that you were a little maybe rattled by well, by actually, the time you was, made it to the ground? Or um, Well, you know, we've had hydraulic failures and um, mm-hmm. you're really in electrical failures and weird things like coming out of Dallas and... The flight attendant comes up and says it's raining in the back and you're having an electrical problem. Oh, goodness. <laughs> and uh, so I opened the door. I said, what do you mean? Well, there's water coming straight down the aisle from a seam in the in the uh, roof, in the top. Oh, no, and so goodness. a pipe had evidently broken. And I said, I think I know why we're having an electrical problem. Mm, yeah. You know? yeah. Ooh, wow. that's so dangerous. But scary. I, I like uh. putting these things together in my yeah. head. I actually mm-hmm. like being an engineer because I could figure out things that weren't in the books. Mm-hmm. Um, we had an overheat light uh, in the aft section of a 727 where all the hot pneumatics and plumbing is. And uh, flight attendant said the floor was hot. And that Ooh, scared me. Yes. Yes. And... So I said, you know, we have heating blankets in the cargo pit back there. I think one of them's overheating, and we're we better land right now. Yeah. And of course, that's not in the book. You would go for, oh, well, one of the ducks blew, and that's yeah, why we're right. But yeah. you put together things in combination that make more sense. Mm-hmm. And when they crawled in there, um, the cargo pit, they said, yeah, one side scorched. 
Wow. That's so scary. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that because that would be the first thing that would pop into my head. Yeah. You know, one of the one of the bleed lines or, you know, your pneumatics that's not cool, obviously not to pressurize or condition the airplane. That would be the first thing. But then being in the engineer position where you're at, if that really were the case, then other things would be happening yes. in tandem, right? Yes, and, and other the floor systems. wouldn't be hot right. because the ducting was... Mm-hmm. To the sides and mm-hmm. up. right. So that's very interesting. Yeah, but... and I like putting those puzzles together. And mm-hmm. I would always read the uh, maintenance log when mm-hmm. I get a new airplane and the history, mm-hmm. yeah. so I could almost predict. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow! So, so the, cool. the scariest one though was in a seven six seven. I was a co-pilot with a new captain, and we're flying into Portland. We'd gone from Minneapolis to Portland over the Cascades, and it was really turbulent and this was a year that they were having trucks blown off the runway or the uh, freeway because the winds and the turbulence were so bad Mm -hmm. and I got the uh, terminal information for the weather uh, in Portland we were supposed to come in about 10 at night and we're being beat up over the cascades and they're calling for moderate severe turbulence a moderate severe icing and winds 95 gusting to 115 knots oh, down the runway. Oh my goodness. And I looked at the captain and I, we're over the Cascades. I said, where would you like to uh, make an alternate airport yeah. landing? Yeah. And he says, what do you mean? I said, well, look, you know. <laughs> wow. And so you guys didn't have a planned alternate on the on your dispatch, on your release? No. Okay. But I looked at it and we're like over... Pasco, and I was suggesting, you know, well, mm-hmm. we could go to Pasco or Spokane. The people can probably, you know, get rooms there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, it's, the winds are down the runway. We should go take a look. And I said, oh, my God. Why? 100 oh, miles an hour? 115 knots. And then yeah. you have to get through moderate knots. to severe icing just to get there. Yeah, yeah, that's... And wow. So the captain said, well, this is your leg, because I had a lot more experience as a co-pilot on a 7.6, and he'd just gotten out of training. And I could have hit him in the head with a fire extinguisher. I was not a happy camper. And I told the flight attendants, sit down, this is going to get really bad. And we got hit by that thing. There was rain. It was going horizontal. And I had to use full control deflection on everything. I couldn't autopilot. Really? It's rattling so bad, and you can hear carts crashing in the back that you couldn't read the flight instruments because wow. they're. Blah, blah, blah. And yeah. man, I, I, <laughs> the captain's just sitting there hanging on to the uh, armrest, and he's white as a sheet. And I'm yelling for a checklist, mm. and he wouldn't respond, so I had to hit him. <laughs> said, really? Yeah. Approach <laughs> landing checklist. Get the flaps down. And I said, you know, we're landing in, uh, oh, I'm sorry, that was Seattle, not Portland. Okay. We're landing in Seattle, and the wind's coming down off of that bluff. We're going to get right. rolling oh, yeah, yeah. drafts. Yeah, because right before, if you're, because I've flown in and out of Seattle yeah. many times, and there's that, it's almost like a canyon. It is, Right yeah. before the airport, mm-hmm. so right before the mm-hmm. runway. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh I'm smacking him around, and he's finally reading some of it. And 
I am going full control deflection on the rudder, the elevators, Jeez. you know, everything. Just ailerons trying to keep us right side up. And just before we reach the end of the runway, mm -hmm. there's a uh, radio tower on the right side. Mm -hmm. And the wind kicked my left wing up so far that I couldn't counteract it. And I'm about to make a go around, but I got flaps and gear down. And then that kind of turbulence... Oh my you know, gosh. and then just when I thought we were going to hit the tower, it calmed down, and I made a wow. a good landing, and the captain, of course, taxis it off, and I said, I'd recommend you take the uh, diagonal instead of the perpendicular, because that wind's going to flip us over if you turn mm -hmm. 90 degrees to it. Yeah, mm -hmm. so we taxied in, wow. <laughs> and... He says, well, see, I told you we'd make it. And I said, if you ever, if I ever fly with you again, yeah. and you ever make a decision like that, I'm going to hit you in the head with a fire extinguisher. Yeah, right? Wow. Uh, oh, my. You were Jeez, I'm like white knuckling right, right now. Right now, just think, <laughs> talk just about a story. Talk about a, a great story of crew resource management. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes, Wow. You know, yeah. I, I figured if I got in an argument with them, I'd be distracted, mm -hmm. and I was the only one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's when I decided to go for captain. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, so you can make well, it. Well, I, I, I love it, too. Okay, we're, we're going to do this. We can do this. Oh, it's not that bad. Okay, your airplane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got it. Here you go. And then he just holds on to the seats. Yes. <laughs> wow. So that was the scariest one. I mean, among... Wow. You, you have things you're trained for, you know, yeah. engine shutdowns and mm -hmm. engine fires and things like that. But mm -hmm. these are things that when you're a co-pilot, you have to be a smart, um, well, diplomat. And you have to make right. them think that that's their decision and how smart that was. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad I'm flying with you. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of politics yes. in that too. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so I was a flight dispatcher oh, wow. uh, for many years for SkyWest Airlines, yeah. and so I've done many, many jump seat legs and just observing the crews and how they interact. And it's like you said, you know, that when when the new Boeing aircraft came out, the seven sixty sevens, they wanted you to basically. You get off the ground, gear up, thousand feet, engage the autopilot. Yeah, push a button. And it's exactly what they do now. I mean, it's it's amazing to me. I, you know, you accelerate down the runway, they pull up, you know, positive rate, you know, they're gear going up. through the checklist, gear up, you know. Um, uh, anyway, they go through the, the different V speeds. And then once you get to a certain point, it's just. I would hate that. Right. right, and then they just kind of sit back. And... What you brought up was such a good point yeah. about when the pilot has to take over, they don't have the skills. Right, mm -hmm. and it's not automatic. Right, and they make mistakes mm -hmm. because they haven't been in the loop with the airplane right. the way hand flying. Yeah, requires what experience. Would in what I think experiencing those things are what creates like good airmanship is experiencing. Things that happen, you know what I mean, rather than just having yeah. an autopilot. Is it you yeah. have to experience yeah. something to know how yeah. to get through it, rather than just one time in flight training. Yeah, that's not years ago, right? Yeah. Experience is the best teacher, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yes, and then um, 
fight or flight situations, life and death situations, you go back to the earliest, most familiar thing you knew. We would have problems sometimes transitioning to new aircraft like the 767. Mm -hmm. If we suddenly had an engine go out or whatever, you'd start the procedure from the last plane you flew instinctively. Mm -hmm. That's right. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, that that is interesting. You know, Tony brought up the seven three seven max situation where yes. there was those two accidents mm -hmm. over in uh, Asia and Africa, mm -hmm. the Lion Air and the Ethiopian maxes. It yes, th there were obviously parts of of this that are Boeing's fault, not disclosing certain right. systems, maybe not tying the MCAS system to two. Uh, angle of attack yes, sensors still, instead of one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. stuff like that. But but when you really ultimately look at the whole situation, and it's interesting that you just said that, that you revert back to what you flew before exactly. in an emergency. And some of these pilots that were in these maxes that crashed, I mean, there was a guy that had... What less than a thousand hours in a and, in a major turbine but, airplane but or something? The majority like that? of his flight time was sim time. Yeah, exactly. And so, so you're so, not strapping on the airplane exactly. like you said. You're yeah. You're sitting in a in, yeah. a in an artificial environment. Right. You don't hear the other sounds. You don't have the other feelings. You don't yeah. hear the exactly. the catering carts crashing behind. Yeah. The, the yeah. chimes from the flight attendants. You don't have that around you. Yeah. And and. We've talked at length about this on several episodes of the podcast, yeah, yeah, because um, we've been following this really closely. Because we're we're big advocates for Boeing. I mean, oh, we yeah, yeah. I love Boeing. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. If it ain't Boeing, I ain't going. You know? <laughs> but, but anyway, um, uh, so Airbus, right? Exactly. <laughs> Just kidding, Airbus. We kind of like you too. Like you too. Um, but there was a New York Times article that a, a, a guy put out. Yeah. Pretty, did a really in-depth, deep dive into what was going on. And he went and observed some of these schools that these pilots for Lion Air were coming out of. Mm -hmm. And he said, basically, all they were teaching them was checklists and pushing buttons. They were not teaching airmanship. Wow. Yeah. And so when something happens outside of their, their world, you know, when they've got the blinders mm -hmm. on, they didn't know how to respond. Sure, because yeah. they weren't getting the, the triggers. Right, exactly. I mean, yeah, they were the the second crew. They had the um, they used takeoff thrust, obviously. Then mm -hmm. they started having the issues. They would disengage the autopilot. It's just fine. Oh, but we got to put it back on again. Yes. They put it back on again. So it yeah. did it again. And then they yeah. and then they leave the takeoff speed thrust on. So yeah. they're overspeeding the aircraft. And it's just <laughs> it like such a mess. Exactly. And and that's it, what's so frustrating is when you read. The story of, of, of the Max and Boeing and what the media puts out, it's like, you guys are missing the point. Right. It's not all about the manufacturer. Right. It's a huge factor in what happened here was there, was the training. lack of airmanship and yeah, training. Exactly. Yeah. And because, they just won't cover that. And and it's it's Fake exactly news. like yeah. exactly. <laughs> like like going back to being a flight engineer. The checklist says to do this, mm -hmm. but I know that it's probably going to be this because this there's more to the story. Yeah. Exactly. And these, these pilots that yeah. they're just, that Lion Air was just churning out over and over, you know, don't have that airmanship. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's a lost, um, it art, is. if you want to call it. I, I'm glad that, uh, I'm not having to fly. These are good airplanes. I really yeah. am enjoying yeah. the six, seven, five, seven. They're great airplanes, but, 
if I can't be connected to my aircraft and nothing more than a button pusher, it's not being an artist. There's a mechanic mm-hmm. when you start anything that you're learning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You do it by the numbers. It's like paint by numbers. Mm-hmm. Some people stay there. Other people get a sense of the whole by experience, mm-hmm. and they can anticipate, and it's a very joyful, uh, liberating thing. Yeah. But yeah. some people never quite get there, and the uh, way the high-tech likes to go, of course, is... Like if you're a specialist, you're an ear, uh, eye surgeon or mm-hmm. a heart surgeon, uh, they know about that part of the field, but they don't put the whole pie together from the pieces. Mm-hmm. And that's what a captain does. The mechanics see a certain part of the flight. They have mm-hmm. different agendas. You know, hurry up, get it out. The gate agent's the same way. Mm-hmm. We've got to get you out right now. Uh, air traffic control wants to throw you out of their sector mm-hmm. onto the next one, and they don't care about the weather or any of that but as captain you have to get a sense of the whole picture the whole piece of the Mm -hmm. pie Mm -hmm. and make your decisions based on that and I I learned that uh, after my first year of being captain my job is to say no and piss people off when I have to you know (laughs) so that makes sense but they'll get there alive yeah (laughs) absolutely absolutely so you mentioned the word joy what was your favorite aircraft to fly? It's kind of like asking me what my favorite kid was. <laughs> <laughs> well, you all know there is one. So that's yeah. the next question. Okay, that's the 757. 75? Yeah. Yeah. We've was, heard that before. Yeah, we, we, heard that. we have a good friend, Chris, yep. that flies for American that yep. used to fly 757s before they, they parked them. Told us and a great story. Yeah. Told us a great story so about cool. ferrying an empty one out of McCarran. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. So you know exactly what we're talking <laughs> <Yeah>. about. <laughs> I ferried airplanes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, That's yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So the seven fifty seven is was was there uh, any specific like major reason or just everything just came together with that aircraft and you just loved how it felt or was it? Was it the power behind it? What what was it about the seven five? Well, all of the all of the above actually, because yeah. uh, it flew like a sports car. Mm-hmm. You Heard could, that before? Yeah, you that's could cool. Land it in really short strips. You could mm-hmm. take off in really short strips. Mm-hmm. Jackson um, Hole. Jackson Hole. Yeah, <laughs> lots of Jackson Hole. I've yep. done that a lot. And yeah. uh, when you trust an airplane, and it it does for you, mm-hmm. uh, what you need to be done. Um, and it was just a very, it was a, the best combination of, I think, everything. Mm-hmm. I actually loved the old 727. A lot of people didn't because it didn't climb out very well, but it came down like a rock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some pilots would uh, say, well, you know, if I'm going to climb and get up through that hole, the clouds, it doesn't do that well. And I said, well, maybe you ought to plan better. <laughs> because That's awesome. <laughs> That's you know, good. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it does what it does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. you have to weigh all the factors. Yeah, and then you can make it do whatever you want mm-hmm. it to do for the most part mm-hmm. that it's capable of. Yeah, I love the sound. It, it just the seven twenty seven had a very distinct sound. Yeah, yeah. I love just exactly. and, and when you when I was when I would fly in a seven twenty seven, I always wanted to sit in the back because you just could that hear sound. It. Yeah, yeah, the engines just, like yeah. on approach is constantly yeah. like throttle just, up, throttle back, and, and <laughs> well, like and, you and heard it after takeoff. That sound would just lull me to sleep. Yeah, it just I just like loved that white noise. That's interesting. Yeah. You say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first 727s had a problem with the tail stalling off out on the flare. Uh, right. Oh, I remember so that. 
we learned to land the 727 differently than any other airplane. We mm -hmm. did not flare it. We had to fly it onto the ground. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's interesting. I always, I always viewed the 727 as ground servicing it. That's more my experience. Yeah. It's just, it just seemed always so tough and beefy. Yeah. Like opening the cargo doors was a different experience. The yeah, the, the stairs that came down yeah. in the back. Yeah, yep. the fuel, fuel panels, de-icing yep. it. I just always oh, loved it because it just seemed like a tough airplane. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? But yep. uh, that's why I love it. But. I think I've only flown on one once, unfortunately. Wow. Well, I, I love hearing that from your side, too. Yeah, yeah. It's It was just, when because we used to do a lot of athletic teams and sports team charters, oh, yeah. champion well, air. And the U.S. Marshals. And the and U.S. Marshals. Yeah. So yeah. we would service them all the time, and they were just so so fun to service. But yeah. They were just... Always, they were just a cool airplane. Always love the yeah. air stairs in the back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, coming down D right under the number two engine. Yeah, yep. D.E. Yeah. Cooper switch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and what other aircraft has like the stairs in the back? Like yeah, that? just yeah. like an MD eighty. I like I think. that too. You know, I think it's it only a couple that, yeah. that have ever yeah. had that. So yeah. it's very cool. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, wow, so much we've covered. Is I know. is there any? Do you guys have any other questions, or is there anything we didn't ask you, Val, or didn't cover that you want to add? Well, I've got plenty to add. <laughs> yeah, I, I think <laughs> I we can probably talk all day. That's that's right. Right. Say, we can always do another one. We're gonna sometime. have to do at least another one. Yeah. sit down. This is great. Well, I've had so much fun. Yeah, Thank it's you. great. Well, and I see all your your patches. Oh yeah, um, I was a police from Southern aerial, California aerial patrol pilot. Um, yep. and they had my badge as the first female police aerial patrol pilot in part of the Smithsonian flight exhibit, but wow, that's they, cool. you know, they, they rotate them through. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, they made me their demonstration pilot when I was working for plane and pilot magazine. Oh, wow. Very cool. And, uh, Amazing. I got them a lot of business writing an article about their sky sentinel airplane, which is, mm -hmm. Oh yeah, we do okay. airplane and or the helicopters. Oh, and that's okay, how I got yeah. my helicopter rating was oh, okay. in exchange for the article that got him a lot of business. Is that what that photo up there is as well? Yeah, that's, that, okay. that's my dad. Okay. And uh, first helicopter pilot. Oh, I see. Yeah, the airplane. Up yeah. There. Um, yeah, I took him for a, a helicopter ride. He lived in uh, Mulholland Drive up in the, the mountains uh -huh. there. Mm -hmm. yep. And he, again, you know, he said... You're don't be, you're being <laughs> right, <laughs> unreasonable, irrational, and <laughs> and uh, so uh, when I was getting my helicopter training, the instructor asked me if I'd like to go anywhere. I said, "Can I go land in Dad's?" Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! In, in Dad's driveway. <laughs> sure. That's so, awesome. That's funny. We just hovered there and. I see Dad come out and look around. He looks at me. <laughs> you know? You're like, you know? hey, just a little wave. <laughs> that's so, so he, cool. He finally agreed to come up with me, and you know that's a lot of trust. He's he's acting like he's scared there. You know, oh, that's fighting funny. his nails. Oh, that's yeah. funny. There's wow. so many pictures and so many stories in here. I see your um, your FFDO badge. Yeah, thank you. Um, a result, obviously. Of, yeah. or a consequence of 9-11 and um, so I I guess you also know or knew an SR-71 pilot yes. as well so I mean there's so many stories we definitely need to do this okay. again okay so, Bob Gilliland I asked him uh -huh. a lot about 
what it was like up there. Bob mm-hmm. Gilliland, yeah. Anybody yeah. that loves the SR-71 knows that name, yeah. right? That's yeah. great. That's wow. very cool. Aaron and I got to uh, uh, a couple, that was last year, right? Uh-huh. Up at Hill Air Force Base, they did like a media day where they opened up the cockpit oh, and yeah. we got to sit in there. And I, I didn't even get to sit in there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just blown away at how many gauges yeah. there were. And, and what was really cool for me about sitting in that was realizing like how fast this aircraft yeah. has gone. Yeah. Looking at, at the point. Mach meter and realizing yeah. that has been past Mach Someone three. has flown this, but uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's probably my favorite aircraft. It's hard to say a favorite, like you said. Yeah. As far as yeah. you're flying, but to have a favorite aircraft, I think it would probably have to be the SR-71. Yeah. So. yeah, I call that my dream machine, even though they, <laughs> yeah. uh, they developed that like in the 50s or 60s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, I mean, <laughs> wow. Yep, it was a very cool aircraft. It still is. It's well, a sexy it, airplane. Yes, yep. it is. <laughs> Absolutely. And then, you know, there's the rumblings about the SR-72. Oh, uh, being that. in sure. development, so oh, I'm sure we have a lot of things yep. oh, way yeah. beyond our oh, imagining yeah. in, in development. Yeah. Right. Saw some uh, saw some recent um, uh, pictures that uh, somebody had believed that they were the B twenty one and yeah, and the, somebody had said the, it they was were RQ one eighty. Yeah, but it ended up being that was confirmed that it was an yeah. RQ one eighty. Yeah, which unmanned. is which is the new unmanned right. Reconnaissance. Well, that's kind of the sad thing. The unmanned. Yeah, some yeah. of the unmanned. I know we we don't like the unmanned. We never <laughs> carry. We never cover unmanned and drone systems because right. we're like, eh. like our last guest. He was in the Air Force and he flew MQ nine Reapers. Oh, which you know, I mean, those things are pretty lethal, yeah. and so it was kind of cool talking about that. Yeah. But but uh, but I, mean, I know we, we th- there's got to be something pilot like cockpit. that. There's a specific mission. Very for true. Like yeah, that. very true. So, but it can't as long as it a whole. it's not thought to replace. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 That's very true. Well, I want to wear my airplane. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I don't want to dead stick it around from a room. There you right. go. That's probably the best way I've ever heard it put. I'll <laughs> well, wear it is. my airplane. Well, if I want to do that, then I'll just go buy flight sim and <laughs> there you go. Play yeah. it on my computer right. all day. Yeah. Or, so. or get a plunger like Zach no. then. <laughs> yeah, that's I love that. Make propeller sounds, you know. Right? You know, when this is kind of funny and off the wall, but when we used to go to shoe stores when I was a kid, they'd have those metal things you oh, yeah. put in. <laughs> yeah, and I used to oh, grab those and tow them sideways. It was a perfect yoke. Oh and pretend, and, and it, you could slide the things with the numbers, and so when my mom was trying on shoes, I'm over there like, <laughs> you know, flying yeah. an airplane, but yeah, oh, you so guys are awesome. it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Val, so much for, again, inviting us yeah, here into your, your, time. your home and oh. your office, and telling some stories with us and anytime i had a blast you made my day my week oh great made ours as well so so just a quick behind the scenes story here so we met val originally a couple of a few months ago i'm gonna take a couple of photos while we're all right okay um so we've mentioned this on the podcast a couple of times me aaron and ryan we also have another business that we do besides this that's the one that pays the bills yeah. and kind of helps us, allows us to do this stuff. But um, um, so Valerie was actually a customer of ours um, that we did some work for right. here. And Aaron and Ryan, well, I know Aaron came and actually 
did the uh, uh, did the bid for her and started talking Aaron about aviation. Aaron was so excited and, to tell us about it. Yeah, like, oh, and then he, and like, then he and then he shows us that damn seven twenty seven model. I'm like, <laughs> I, why didn't so I cool. do the estimate? See, Val, Val gave us one of her uh, yes uh, Western Airlines seven twenty seven models that she had, and I I don't. I don't know what scale it is, but it's it's big. It's, it's big. like it's like a yeah. foot long or something. And it's, it's one of the it's, really it's really professional. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's, it's yeah, mahogany. Great. It's I wouldn't yeah. give you guys junk. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right. Well, we would have taken it. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, regardless. So doing some work for Valerie then kind of transformed into this, and we've kind of developed this this little av geek relationship, and so we once again were honored and thrilled to have you invite us here and well you come back anytime okay thank you i love it you did excellent work by the way oh well thank thank you very much (laughs) thank you that's good to that's good to hear as well the minute the minute he started looking at my models he had the bid oh (laughs) right (laughs) that's awesome that's excellent there you go all right we appreciate it so we we asked this of all of our guests and and do you have a social media platform that you use at all to post pictures or anything well, like that? If anybody, if anybody wanted to kind of follow you and see I, some I'm of your on stuff, Facebook, but okay, yeah, all right. Do you, do you want us to give that out or? Uh, well, unfortunately, it, I tend to post probably too many political things. Oh. <laughs> well, well, so does Tony. He recently um, got. Uh, Got his Instagram account. My Instagram was disabled because you were telling uh, the truth because uh, I was telling yeah, the truth. I know yeah. that's, that's always happens. the worst. Yeah, we we keep our ramp check stuff focused on ramp yeah, check, that's all but, separate, but my but, personal yeah. yeah, my personal Instagram's well, been shut down. We're going I, I on two weeks now. In really good company. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. Yeah, that's good. So we'll we'll post some photos and we'll take a few more photos of Val and stuff. And so we'll post them on our social media. That's a great thing to do. And people can can see Val and uh, we'll try to get a close up photo of of her. uh, Is that is that your captain portrait? No, actually, that's a three stripe. I was a a call. Oh, three stripe. Yeah. Okay. So. We'll uh, yeah we'll get we'll get a couple yeah. photos and we'll, we'll post some that'd be awesome on our social yeah. media definitely and if you have anything that you would like us to post on the ramp check oh, page for great. your life we would love yeah. to do that so. yeah okay. yeah for sure definitely great amazing um, career yes yeah, so everybody once again the ramp check podcast is available anywhere that you can hear podcasts and um, I'm just gonna let the cat out of the bag right now coming soon to anchor. Uh, .fm. We've been exploring that as another platform to deliver the podcast, which we're, oh, yeah, we're going yeah, to yeah, okay. uh, expand to that as well. Um, but uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, um, Stitcher, Pandora, uh, you can get wow. the podcast pretty much anywhere. So yeah. lots of episodes. Um, I really I should have looked to see what actual episode that this is going to be. Let's see. You want me to do that? Yeah, look that up really quick while we're doing that. Um, We also have a YouTube channel. Um, Just, uh, you can see some, we put some cool videos. In fact, uh, we just put up a video from a 1994 air show. Two. Uh, That's what I said. 1992 (laughs) air show at Hill Air Force Base. Oh my gosh. Just pretty cool. it was just a different world back then. Yeah. So yeah. check that video out. That was a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, Keep an eye out and, too, because I'm working on an another air show video from '92. Yep. At West Jordan 
municipal airport, which is basically, well, it's a municipal airport. It used to be called Salt Lake Number 2. Right. Now it's called South Valley Regional. Yeah, South Valley yeah. Regional. But anyway, yeah, so. I've got I've got that, and that has that uh, two A-10s from Davis Monthan Air Force Base paid, painted in the old European green camouflage. Oh, wow. wow. Because those A-10s back then trained to mm-hmm. fight against, you know, Russian tanks mm-hmm. right in Europe so yep. everything was painted different green landscape camo. not in the not in the sand exactly so, yeah. so I got that and then uh-huh. also the video from 2003 when uh, Tony and I uh, saw the uh, the huge Russian AN-225 oh, yep. fly into Mesa Gateway Airport wow. in uh, in Arizona yeah so and I think I've the, got the, that uh, footage too the flight deck of the AN-225 um <laughs> <laughs> makes yeah. the uh, makes the 727 flight deck look like a glass cockpit. So, well, yeah. You know, yeah. I uh, crossed the airport early in my career at LA International because the Russians had flown an Anatov in. Uh-huh. And, you know, not thinking anything, I just walked up the stairs and I'm looking at the cockpit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, their, their fan, we have the eyeball vents, they had a fan. Yeah. In there. It is it is yeah. so Rube Goldfarbed, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's so funny is they have it in like all their aircraft. Like yeah. mm-hmm. they even have it in their Russian uh, blackjack bomber, their supersonic swing oh, really? swing wing bo- swing wing bomber. You like uh-huh. look at the videos of the pilots and there's this fan in there. <laughs> That's so know. funny. It's it really Hey, is. whatever works, right? Whatever Stick works. with yeah. it. Yeah. Well during the war the Russians used to drink the uh Vodka out of the whiskey compasses. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's awesome! Wow, that's oh, crazy. <laughs> so yeah, um, I guess, geez, we wrap it up then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So go to, um, yeah, we got a little sidetracked, which is Sorry. really easy. Which is no, fine. Easy to do. Yeah, which is totally. Which we are on this, this. This will be Val's episode. Will be episode fifty-eight. Fifty-eight. Yeah. So, so we're getting there. Great. Yeah, yes. fifty-eight. Um, so go to Ramp or rampcheckglobal.com, yeah. excuse rampcheckglobal.com, me. Rampcheckglobal.com. And you can get... the link to all the podcasts, to our YouTube page, to our Ramp Swag store. If you haven't been on the Ramp Swag store recently, get on there. There's a ton of cool designs. Uh, general aviation, commercial, military. Yeah. And, a, and a bunch of new F-117 Nighthawk swag because of oh, the mm. recent F-117 sightings at Miramar and Nellis Air Force yep. Base all mm-hmm. over the last few weeks. And So the Air Force is flying these things. Right. And, and they're, um, they've, they've been flying with the 64th uh, well, we don't know. No, if I mean not as part. I'm not saying as part. But of the they 64th, did fly into Nellis yeah. right this past week. Yeah, so that's and kind so of exciting. We threw together a bunch yeah. of, and our speculation is 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 that there's about 18 of the F-117s that they're using mm-hmm. because the aircraft spotted at Nellis had 18 little F-117 silhouettes on its tail. Mm. So it's, I mean, mm. that's the Air a mystery. Force, all, I know. I'll always, you know, put those little things in there. So that's what we're guessing. But uh, so anyway, in the in the movie of... industry, they call those Easter eggs. Easter right. eggs. That's right. That's right. It's an Air Force Easter egg. So anyway, okay. I just wanted to mention that because bunch of cool new new swag for the yeah. So so check shows. that out. Um, remember, Halloween is over with. 
the holidays are coming up. Yeah. There's a very big election tomorrow, too. Order we better early. not talk about that. But anyway, <laughs> but um, but yeah, order early because, yeah. you know, there's still the shipping delays and, you yeah. know, whatever Who COVID yeah. Yeah, has uh, affected. <laughs> so if you want it in time for Christmas, do your Christmas shopping now. And you've got one place to do your Christmas shopping, and that would be the hashtag RCG Ramp Swag store. <laughs> yeah. um, I know where I'm doing mine. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. So uh, check it out if you haven't been on there in a while. Of course, rampcheckreport.com. There's also a link to that on our main Ramp Check Report. You know Ramp what I'm saying. Yes, thank you. Um, Sound like Biden. It's your. <laughs> <laughs> so go to Tony's making up web addresses. And get lots of uh, really cool Harbish Mehan. And uh, but anyway, um, uh, rampcheckreport.com. That's your one stop as well for yeah. aviation and aerospace news. Um, you can keep up on a lot of that cool stuff. Um, and uh, as far as I think I covered everything, right? Yeah, 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 yeah it's everything. Yeah. Make sure if this is your first time listening to the podcast, share it with your family, your friends, subscribe where you can, and. Also, if you can, you know, give us a nice five-star rating, do that as well. Um, one last thing, our Patreon page. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you haven't been there yet, uh, go to www.patreon.com slash rampcheckglobal. Um, again, there's a link through our main website to our Patreon page. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, that don't know, you should run it. It kind of... For those of you that are that don't know about the Patreon thing, it's just another way for you to support what we do. Shut up! I used to be a radio DJ. I can we're gonna, screw up like we're gonna this. make a T-shirt with Tony quotes and then it's gonna be gibberish. What about my accents? Too? Those are classic. Um, but anyway, uh, check out our Patreon if you'd like to be one of our patrons. We would certainly love it. But you can also support us through the Ramp Swag Store. So. Um, Aaron, yeah. where can people find you, you on the social media? Find me at Aaron Rumfollow pretty much anywhere. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. All my aviation stuff, though, and all my aviation photography and, and designs and everything, they're all through Ramp Check Global. So, Correct. At Ramp Check Global. So. Sweet. Right? And uh, at Rumfollow Me is my Instagram page and my Twitter handle. So, And... Um, my Instagram, if I ever get released get out, out of, of Twitmo. Oh no, Twitmo. <laughs> that's is, Twitter. That's Twitter. Yeah, Instagram. Instagitmo. Yeah. Insta-gitmo. Uh, hopefully, Instagram. If you're listening, and I know you're not, but anyway, um, yeah, I'd sure love to have my Instagram back. And once it is back, at T Rum Follow. Um, anyway, I might have to do a. Maybe I'll do a T Rum Follow me. Uh, just oh, to, anyway, so whatever. Funny. So that's about where I'm usually at, but but most of our, all of the aviation stuff that I post about is on yeah. our Ramp Check Global. So, yep. Um, uh, Captain Walker, thank you once again for uh, uh, letting us come in and, and chat with you, and, and we definitely look forward to doing it again soon. Well, so do I, and uh, thank you for flying bell walker <laughs> <laughs> there I you go it. awesome i love it and good day <laughs> <laughs>